I am a sister. I am a man. I am a wife. I am a daughter. I am Chinese. I am a son. I am American. I am Asian. I am Canadian. We, we are all Joksing, and you are tuning into the Bamboo Star Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the BS Podcast. We are your fellow Bamboo Starians, or uh, I guess we can call ourselves beginning to call ourselves the uh, Bamboo Pandas. I'm Lead Panda One, John. Panda Two, Asunta. Panda Three, Angelina. So yeah, so this is the Bamboo Star Podcast. Welcome back. This is uh, one of our first few episodes that we are testing out and hopefully can continue uh, recording and be able to bring a bit more information to everybody. And the goal of this podcast is just uh, mainly to um, talk about, I guess, our experiences as Chinese individuals growing up in a Western world. So this week's special Topic is language, and specifically, uh, I guess we'll be touching points on bilingualism, um, whether or not we're even able to speak some. Uh, hopefully, from the previous episode, you noticed a little bit about ourselves, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper this time into, I guess, our whole experience with language, being able to perhaps speak two, maybe three. I don't know, languages four, five. <laughs> I think we would just max at about three or four, if anything. Or oh, perhaps how many dialects? Three, four. Please stop. <laughs> you, no. All You're right. gonna get flamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. There is a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of. From what I remember, is um, Chinese people are very adamant and very prideful i want to say patriotic but then it's it's kind of hard because i think they're very um patriotic to their own language if you want to say it that way so yeah, it's like people specifically not i don't know if it's considered language it's like just it's like looking dialect. at china yeah dialect. look at china itself it's the dialect that is like yeah I feel like the dialect, to a certain extent, is almost a sense of pride to deter because uh, it also denotes where in China you're from. Because China is huge to a certain extent, and there are multiple dialects a lot. Um, let's say, like, I mean, what type of dialects do you know about? So I think one, the easy one is Mandarin or Potonghua. That's like one of the big ones. Potonghua. Okay, get close. it right. Okay, that's one. <laughs> Cantonese is another. Zhanghaiwu. Oh, Shanghainese right there. Shanghainese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hakka, but I, I can't give you anything in Hakka. I, I don't know a single yeah. Hakka word. But I'm Hakka. Surprise. <laughs> um, I know there is also Toisan, which was a huge thing in uh, back where I grew up as well uh, in San Francisco. Toisan was a big thing. Yeah, a lot of my friends were Toisan too. Yeah. Um, I know there's folk. I can't say it properly in English. Yeah, and then there's, uh, and I guess if you want to go like, there's that thing back, but then if you 
say like to a certain point like people from beijing have their own kind of twang to the mandarin or the potonghua they have a really oh, the, the like r the, sound yeah the r sound like the yeah. they really roll their tongue on that r sound yeah and i find that i find that actually language um is very interesting in china because although like even in the if you take it say united states or in canada like if you have someone from say like texas the southern accent right or versus mm-hmm. someone from the bay who talks a bit more slangish or yeah. someone from the east coast like everyone pretty much understands each other when you're talking the same language you can go from you know the bay to texas to new york to georgia and all be able to basically understand each other but it's I feel all like, english i feel like the dialects in china like with the ones we mentioned like to a certain point, you actually might not be able to understand the other person, even though it is Chinese. But the dialects are so different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Agreed. It's like the same word is read or pronounced differently in different dialects. It's not even just like the same word with a different accent, where you can, where you can still kind of hear what that word is, like with the Chinese dialect. Uh, you really can't tell what that same word is sometimes. Yeah, so I guess one thing is, I mean, for language-wise, I guess, let's see, so why did you guys want to talk about language? I mean, for me, I think it's very curious, it's very interesting, but I guess what are your reasons for, I guess, or coming into this uh, podcast, what are you hoping to kind of get out of this in regards to language or like maybe your thoughts on language? How about you? Let's Let's start with you, Panda, number three. I want to know how how much Chinglish is used in like I guess Joksing families because like I know for me personally like I have ran into a lot of situations where I'll speak Chinglish to family and they'll just look at me and be like we don't know what you're saying Cool. But then I'll have to repeat myself a few times and they'll be like, oh, okay, you're speaking Chinese and English in the same sentence. No wonder why it made no sense. Okay, so like, do you have an example of what this is? So like, I guess some of our listeners may or may not know what Chinglish or Chinese mixed with English sounds like. You have, you have, you have like uh, a common phrase or saying that you have usually? Um. So like the most recent one was, I think we needed to bring... Uh, boxes or like takeout boxes out to a restaurant or something and what I said to my parents was like oh are we gonna die the hub <laughs> and they're just like are we going to die what why are we dying and I'm like no die the hub and they're like what and I'm like bring the box and they're like oh yes we will die the hub because <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's it, just it's, me. There's never, I guess, in Chinglish, I, I know what you're talking about, and I think Chinglish-wise, there is no ever like a formality to it. It's really super, I guess, very slang, very like off the chain or off the hook, not chain, but like very kind of off the cuff in terms of oh, what maybe it's like because I have a brain fart and don't remember the specific word in either language of whatever I'm speaking, then I bring it in, right? I think with yeah. with more, most of the time, we do predominantly perhaps speak English a little bit more fluently, but then sometimes we like forget what something is, and we're just like, oh, but we have the word in our minds in Cantonese because we're staring at it or something, 
and then we just say that word, right? I mean, sometimes we, I know for like, but if we're speaking predominantly maybe like Cantonese to our parents or something where we're trying to, I guess, speak more Cantonese, maybe even to elders, then maybe we don't, that comes up more often where we actually pull in English, perhaps because we don't know the Chinese word for it. I kind of don't really have that problem. Uh... Probably because I predominantly speak Cantonese to my parents. I don't really speak English to my parents because my parents are not as good with their English. So it's like mentally, I just switch the channel whenever I see my like family. Like I can get into it with them like no problem. I just change like, oh, I'm like I just do that like it it's so automatic for me it just depends on the people that I'm with okay so so you don't so you're saying that you don't mix the sentences together it's all predominantly in one language generally just like you demonstrated right now where you know you, you switched over to Cantonese and completed full sentences and then switch over to English complete full sentences etc instead of doing what panda number three mentioned and where she like <laughs> literally brought in like one or two was it English word? No. She brought English words into English sentences. Yeah, almost she... full English sentence. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I think it also has to do with how um, comfortable and or um, how fluent you speak a particular language. So, like, uh, in my opinion, like, the more fluent you are in one language, it's easier for you to switch into that language, right? Like, if you're... Like, like, I guess in my case, like my Cantonese, because I grew up with it and like my Cantonese or Chinese background with language is so much better compared to the two of you. Um, it, it wasn't much of a problem for me personally, right? But like, it's kind of like also how with like, sometimes like, say like your family, right? Like, like your family sometimes will switch to like Shanghainese when like when they're with like certain other family members like probably the older um, generation of the family like they just switch like that too right whereas for you people in the family who are not as fluent in like that uh, Shanghainese for example it takes us that much more time and or effort to just switch over and it's like it's more likely for us then to use a mix of the languages. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I guess you brought up a point here. It's like, I guess before we proceed any further, I guess it might be good to touch base just to see what we've been predominantly growing up with because we did throw a few languages around. We mentioned a little bit. Um, So for me, I predominantly spoke when I grew up, um, I had... I had Chinese or Cantonese and English. So for me, when I grew up, um, it was interesting because my family, when I was growing up, kind of had a rule where, oh, I can only speak Cantonese at, at home. But then I would learn English and everything um, outside and then use English outside. But once I got home, I wasn't allowed to speak any uh, English at all and only speak Cantonese. And, and I think that was for at least maybe like three, four, but preschool for second grade kind of thing. 
Um, but then over time, it just kind of, we brought it in. The English just kind of came through. But even when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, before I even went to school, I think it was predominantly all Cantonese or Chinese. Yeah, um, like, from what I recall, specifically, I think by the time I came into your life, um, you were kind of already, like, you already learned some English. So, like, to me, it was always kind of a mix, but when I, my earliest recollection is actually a situation where uh, my parents would tell me, like, talk to us in Chinese and if you don't or if I was like talking to them in English they would be like what I don't know what you're saying I can't understand you like in Chinese I'll be like like and then like I will have to like try to formulate my words in Chinese to like ask them the same question that I just asked in English because like I understand why they did it I guess like they're really worried that if you don't force Chinese onto your children at an early age and you let them just run with English like they're never going to learn the language and I've seen this happen to like our cousins who can't speak Chinese because their parents never really enforce them to speak Chinese at home and now they just kind of don't have that language skill set with them and I actually find it kind of unfortunate mm -hmm. how about you yeah. uh I predominantly spoke Cantonese at home because if, well, also granted, I came to Canada and started actually speaking, learning more English. Not that I didn't know English before, but like, like actually have carried like a conversation in English probably when I started school here, which was, I was already in grade four. And by that time it was harder to pick up another language for me because you guys actually started learning English outside of your household like in preschool right whereas I started doing that in grade four so um, for me at home it was always Cantonese and my parents would just not understand what I'm saying if I try to ask them anything in English so I just don't even bother and then, uh, but like gradually, like they start to kind of pick up and I start to do a little bit more English here and there, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I really just speak Cantonese when I was home and I think I would only sp really speak English when I'm at school with my friends, but sometimes I would speak Cantonese with my friends because majority of my friends uh, were also um, Chinese and some of them are able to carry a conversation in Cantonese as well then sometimes we would do that so I mean yeah okay so I mean clearly we are an English language dominant podcast um, aimed towards you know just because well, we've been operating in English predominantly already, so everyone should know that, you know, English is our, I guess, consider our first language to a certain extent. Primary language. Pri our primary <laughs> language, yeah. So, yeah. And Chinese-wise, so what did you learn when you were growing up? And I guess, how did you learn? I mean, we alluded to a little bit. Um, I guess, um, Tuna, you mentioned, you know, you didn't really speak English until, or learn English until you are in grade four. 
Um, so how, I guess you were predominantly like Chinese as your first language. Like, how did you learn your Chinese? Well, I, uh... and I guess what type of Chinese? Okay, I guess I have to backtrack a little bit there because um, there is a little bit background that needs to be understood in terms of my um, Chinese as a language. Um, because I wasn't born in Canada, I actually was born in Hong Kong and actually went to school in Hong Kong. So the education system there is predominantly in Chinese, um, and the spoken language in Hong Kong is major. At, at least at that point, was predominantly Cantonese. So like when I went to school at that point, everything that I learned would have been in Cantonese when I learned them, right? And the like if you're talking about the languages in the written language, it's usually in traditional Chinese. So um. That's kind of like where my background was from. So when I moved here in Canada, I retained quite a bit of that. And then on top of that, because my parents wanted me to continue to learn Chinese and also Cantonese to kind of, you know, keep the culture, keep the language and such, uh, they actually put me through um, Chinese school. So with the Canadian educational system here, um, we uh, you there are languages like a third language that you can learn for uh, children on like Saturdays. So we generally call those like Saturday school, like quote unquote Saturday school, and you, you have different kinds of language. So Chinese was one of them. Like and then they can split it into either Cantonese or it can be like Mandarin, um, so think of it like another credit course sort of thing. But like for um, kids that are under high school age at that point, and then when you go to high school, then like that's a different credit for you that you can take as like a third language credit. Um, but growing up, I was still going to the Saturday schools and. <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. Um, the, uh, I guess you can say the difficulty of the material in the Saturday school program run by like, I don't know, school boards, I guess it was. They were really elementary. They were like stuff I learned when I was in grade one in Hong Kong. And I'm like, I can ace this course without even doing anything. That was, a, that was the difficulty of, or like the extent of the language that they were teaching children who are in like, say, level three, like So couldn't you have Chinese. like been upgraded or like skipped grades in terms of, of No, because it's my age. At least the ones that's offered by the school board. So instead, what my mom did was put me through private Chinese school. And that you can choose your levels and your uh, and okay. like the difficulty. So I went through a few years. I can't remember how many years. At least two to three years, if not more, of private Chinese schooling every Saturday. Uh, and then by the time I actually got my... Um, third language credit for high school, I have completed essentially like... Wait, wait, what do you mean by third language? Okay, well, you know how like in, um, um, in like high it like school... French? Yeah, so, so Canada has like second okay, language okay, is, so you're French. is French. 
So right? you speak French too? No, I don't. It's just, it's one of those like official language. So Canada's um, first language would be English. And then, then the official second language is French. So all kids are required to um, learn French up until grade okay. nine in Canada. And then after that, it becomes an elective that you can choose. But like... I didn't choose go over grade nine because I was like, I have no idea how this really works out. But anyways, coming back to the topic. So for high school, you can do different things to get a credit that goes towards like university, right? So one of the options is to take a third language or get a credit for a third language. So I basically just did Chinese for that because it was easy for me at that point. Like okay. I'm already doing it. Why not? Right. So you, Okay. So you learned your Chinese effectively as a kid growing up and then when you came to Canada you learned English but went to additional schooling to hopefully improve your Chinese yes okay. that's essentially what happened all right how about you wait sorry I have one question when you say get a credit for for the third language yeah. is that a high school credit or school a university credit, credit? high school oh, okay. credit that you need to do in order to graduate Okay, because like in the States, in high school, there's these courses called AP courses where you could actually get college credits for it. Not effectively. those ones. Okay. Not like that. Okay. Um, but uh, how I learned Chinese, probably very young parents would speak to me in Cantonese and it was mostly just spoken Cantonese that like I would learn and then when I got older I think it was first grade or second grade is when like I went to a private school and well so did John but like uh basically our private school offered after school courses in a different language if you wanted to I guess I'm assuming there's additional costs to it but my parents basically put me I think starting from first or second grade into after school Chinese classes uh, I do not recall how many times it was during the week but they would probably be teaching me what Tuna said was like elementary Chinese like I went to those classes I kind of dicked around I didn't really learn much I, I learned how to recognize a lot of characters so like even up to now, I can kind of read a little bit of Chinese. I wouldn't say I'm advanced or anything, but like I can read a food menu for my purpose in life. Food. <laughs> At least I can go to a I can go to a restaurant and read their menu. Um, and so like I took Chinese like after school Chinese classes. I think up until sixth grade. So I can kind of read things here and there. But I think what really progressed my at least my reading ability of Chinese was when um, I got to high school and I got into karaoke and I would listen to a lot of like Cantonese pop and then I would be interested in learning how to sing the songs properly so that's when my Chinese kind of grew because I'm doing something that I like instead of having my parents just being like you need to learn this because I said so and so like karaoke really helped and I also got into watching a lot of Hong Kong dramas, so like Cantonese TVB dramas. And a lot of the times when you watch it on TV, it also has Chinese subtitles. So I kind of started 
recognizing the subtitles along with what they were saying to kind of either guess or like fill in the blanks of reading the words. Yeah, that's and true. That's when you, when you mentioned it, I think like when the period when I actually watched the most TVB like kind of dramas kind of stuff, I actually picked mm-hmm. up a lot more Chinese that way too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as as uh, Angelina mentioned, you know, like yeah, we went to like private school and had like after school classes. I didn't do too much hot on those either. Um, but I did. I remember in grade one though, I actually won like second or third place in terms of like placing in the class which of like wow. 15, of like 15 students whatever but and then i think I, I think i went downhill from there so <laughs> and it got to a point i think yeah i think got to like fourth grade or fifth grade i remember like it we like the people that were in our classes were basically trying to like mess around so much that we like I remember making the teacher actually like cry or like leave. Oh for my class. god! Because we we literally were not giving her any like attention. It was oh it was my pretty god. bad. You guys Wait, are I, why do I vaguely remember this? But I don't know if you told me about it or if I was in that class too. <laughs> but but I recall something like this happening. Yeah, I mean, I guess it became, like, it was just, like, people, like, not, like, we were there not because we wanted to. It was something that, like, our parents pushed us to do. And we never really realized the, I guess, importance to it in terms of, like, oh, but we're just here. It's just, like, oh, another, like, more classes, more more course, whatever. And we were just, like, literally just doing nothing and just learning pretty much nothing as well. Um, yeah especially since we're children and like after school we used to go to daycare and we would just go out and play and now all of a sudden we're stuck for an extra hour after school you're telling me i don't get to go play i have to sit here and learn this language i don't care about <laughs> yeah i mean now now we know we should have yes. paid a bit more attention but was yeah it, like every, it wasn't every day after class though, i think right? it was at least tuesday through thursday um, or or maybe hour. Monday through Thursday or something. So but, like four hours a week. Yeah, it's actually it's minimal. Like now you think about it, you're like oh, it's like nothing. But at that point in time, when pe- mm-hmm. when people are when you see all the other kids, it's like FOMO, right? You see all the other kids just leave. We're like we're done. And yeah, like, and like okay. you can hear the other children that are in the after school care. You can hear them in the yard. Oh, that's depending on which classroom you're in. So okay. all you hear are like kids screaming, and you're like, what's going on down there? Why can't I be out there? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Interesting. Because I was just thinking back to, like, my Saturday classes is once a week, but every week it'll be, like, from 9 to 12 or something. So it's kind of, like, the same amount of time per week. That I think, we actually, get. if we actually went on, like, a Saturday class, it actually might have been better to a certain extent. Less distractions? Less like, distractions. Yeah, yeah, and also it wouldn't have been, perhaps, right after school. <laughs> yeah yeah we wouldn't be we wouldn't be like kind of brain dead from learning i guess throughout the day because i do know a few friends on a saturday morning trust me i like (laughs) i know a few like abc friends that went through i apparently like san francisco also has chinese saturday schools probably private but like i have a few friends that went through it and their level of chinese is probably at like tuna's level even though they're ABCs. Yeah, I mean, there is for sure, because I remember one summer, even when I was in high school or something, um, 
I think we actually went on a course, like a Mandarin course that I, we signed up for. And we did it for, I think, six weeks or something. Just hoping to get more, like, Mandarin in us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, yeah. And it was just, like, the very basic, like, pinyums, and, like, pingings and, and whatnot. And just basically, like, very uh, conversational-related. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, like language kind of like just speaking conversational mandarin yeah well okay so rounding back we've mostly talked about only cantonese speaking and like learning to read and write minimally and it's all been traditional so now i want to ask you guys how much mandarin do you know and can you read simplified chinese and for those um, who are listening that may not know the difference, there are actually two different ways you can write Chinese. And then there's like a million ways, like different dialects you can speak Chinese. So how Chinese works is in mainland China, most of the Chinese that you see on signs like storefronts, that would be considered simplified Chinese. And then predominantly in Hong Kong and I believe Taiwan, they use traditional Chinese. And it's basically a more complicated way, I would say, of writing. Simplified. Macau also uses um, traditional Chinese mainly. I mean, oh, okay. I mean, you might say it's complicated, but it's I guess more traditional, but more cultural to some extent. Uh, well, there's actually a backstory to it. Why there is a different why or I guess how simplified Chinese came about. Like, historically speaking, most of the language is done in um, traditional Chinese. Fact of the day? Whoa. <laughs> I guess you could say that. So traditionally, well, historically, historically speaking, I should say, um, majority of the language should have been written in um traditional chinese like if you were to go back to like the ancient texts that like are in museums and archives and whatnot you will actually find that those historical documents are written in traditional chinese however because china had a growing population uh they were they were starting to like grow as a country but at the same time, a lot of the population could not read or write. So I believe the government came up with a plan to kind of um, help their citizens to get educated in a more easier way. And so they developed this whole simplified Chinese because it's a lot easier to recognize and to write those words in comparison to the traditional words, which are a lot harder. Um, so it was easier and it's a quicker way for the citizens to be educated, right? So that you can, by having your citizens educated, it's, it becomes easier and faster for the country to grow economically and otherwise, right? But now they have also an interesting problem stemming from that is that a lot of their ancient texts could not be read by the people. So like oh. they have the opposite problem where like if you go like if you take like a um, like an average person, if they go to the museum, even if you show them the ancient text, they have no idea how to read it. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. I had no idea. And yeah. that is the <laughs> fact of the day. Day, 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 day. <laughs> 
Yeah, so like China has its own um, interesting language problem right now. I'm not entirely sure how they went about trying to solve that part, but yeah. Cool. Uh, wait, so what was your question? How do we learn Mandarin? Oh, and like how- How much learn... Mandarin do you know and can you read simplified Chinese? Oh, oh I, can, I can answer that super quick. That's super easy for me. I can barely read any and um, <laughs> I can barely speak any. <laughs> so for me, so for me, it's very easy. I almost know. That's about it. That that's. And it's oh super my. and it's super terrible. So stop! Don't don't ask me to ever say that again. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you ever want to further your Mandarin though? Aside from us taking that course that I one do. time. I feel like well, to a certain extent. I mean, in terms of Mandarin, I think that it is. China, like the language of China at this point in time, China is a superpower. If you don't know any Mandarin, you're kind of hurting yourself, I think. So like knowing Mandarin might actually be something like to a certain extent of like, hey, maybe you should know English, right? Mm -hmm. Because if China, like as a superpower, I feel like, you know, if you need to do businesses, it'll for sure help you. Um, I, you can see a lot of, I guess, Westerners and other, uh, the, the weirdest things always you get the weirdest looks when like a non-Asian person starts speaking Mandarin fluently. It's kind of like, whoa. Oh, yeah. What? It's scary. It's but so strange. I think it's it's also, it's kind of like, um, you know, just to further yourself. And because China is so big these days that, you know, knowing Mandarin, I think is a very good asset and just a very good self kind of uh, like a self, um, what do you call it? Like bettering yourself for a little kind of thing. So anyways, next. <laughs> Tuna, how, how's how's your uh, how's your Mandarin going? Uh, how do I put this? Um, I can speak a very little bit of Mandarin. Like you have to give me time. Like it's really choppy. Like, um, but I can understand majority of it if you speak slow enough Mandarin to me. Like if you speak very fast, I would just look at you like I'm dumb. Um, but if you speak like slow, like slower, like more moderately, I guess you can say, I can generally understand you. But then to reply, I get very choppy, oh, like okay. Mandarin back. Or like I would really have to formulate and then in my head I'm doubting myself, is this how I'm pronouncing this yeah. word? And then they will give me a weird look and like, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm probably pronouncing something wrong yeah no i think that it's true though um in terms of listening i mean i ha like our family speaks a bit of mandarin or shanghainese as well so i think i got at least i can listen to a bit of it and then i can convert it within my head to guess yeah <laughs> and fill in the blanks yeah. to understand a little bit uh, perhaps so maybe me listening in might be like i can get a clue mm -hmm. um but yeah mm -hmm. for sure like i'm, I'm pretty yeah. bad well, um, <laughs> reading-wise, I mean, simplified Chinese, I can majority of the time guess what it is because I probably know the traditional word of it, um, mm -hmm. with the exception of maybe like some really obscured like simplified words or like words that are that my brain just associate with like a different character altogether. Um, mm -hmm. so like, for example, like the, the, the 
word in Christmas in um, Cantonese is Sing Dan, but the Sing is in traditional Chinese looks nothing like the Sing in um, simplified Chinese. And instead, my like the way that the character is shaved in the simplified Chinese, it like my brain associates that with like. Um, as like the guai salvo guai, which is like monster. So like every time I see the word, I'm like, guai tan, like monster, monster day. <laughs> like I, I don't <laughs> understand. Oh wait, this is supposed to be Christmas. My bad. Like, so Christmas uh, is monster day. Got it. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not supposed to be that. But like that's why I'm like a. I can majority of the time guess the simplified Chinese word, but I can't read it fully. Okay, but it probably helps knowing traditional Chinese. Yes. Because, like, I lack that, I guess. I would lack being able to read completely, so simplified is harder for me to understand even further. But, um, funny story for Mandarin. I would not say I'm a master at it at all but i did go through this program uh a couple years back here in canada uh where i got to go to china for two weeks with a youth group and we actually had a dinner that was set up by the youth group leaders um, with government officials in china but they spoke only mandarin and so we were at this dinner and it was very awkward because nobody else, like they taught us a little bit of Mandarin before we went to China, but nobody really like learned anything from those classes. And with my limited amount of Mandarin, I was able to converse with these uh, government officials, especially after a few drinks. And it was really funny because I feel like I got really, really fluent really, really quick as I downed the wine because of the awkward silence we had at the table. And I started telling them, like, in Mandarin, I'm like, ah, And then they're just like, ah, So I basically told them while I was drunk that if I, after I drink alcohol, I can speak Chinese better or I can speak Mandarin better. And they're like, oh, great, drink some more, drink some more. Because they're super bored. Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. That night, a lot of memories were made after we left dinner because I was, like, drunk out of my mind trying to walk through a mall with my friends. And we were trying to order bubble tea in Mandarin. And that was... The lady over the counter just kept staring at us going, like, you can just point to what you want and we're like just trying to constantly tell her what we wanted in mandarin and she's just staring at us laughing at us because she's like what do you want but um yeah so i think i can speak mandarin fairly well when drunk (laughs) aside from that i would say maybe like 20 (laughs) percent yeah huh yeah i mean i don't really I would say my strength in terms of no understanding Chinese, like Cantonese wise, is more conversational. Just being able to speak it. Uh, Mandarin's terrible. Um, reading wise, like it's, I feel like it's like the level of first grader, perhaps, maybe. So, like, I mean, 
my my accomplishment is I can I can write my name <laughs> and not having to copy it from somewhere. Uh, like out of my head name, I can write my name. Your name is kind of difficult to write, I guess. Yeah. So Your name does have a lot of strokes. Yeah. So I mean, being able to do that is a, I think it's an accomplishment. Um That's like bare minimum, man. <laughs> but I guess when you compare it to like other pe- Joksings we know. That doesn't even need, know mm, how to write that. That is true. Name. Yes, it's true. I'm actually pretty proud of the level that we have obtained. I think I think that's one thing, but I, at the same time, like, do I wish that my I focused a little bit more to Chinese school instead of screwing around when I was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. You don't really know what you're missing out until, or yeah, like what I, I what say, the though, point like... of it is in the moment. Of course, like I have to say, like it was a lot of effort back in the days, just having to go through those classes. I remember, I like it was not something I particularly enjoyed, even though like I met some friends there and all. Because I mean, like who likes school when you're a kid? You have homework. Yes, you get homework、yeah. from these Chinese classes, and、uh, nobody can really help you. Maybe my parents could because their Chinese is great. You know, like I can't ask them for homework. At normal school, because their English is bad, but you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, it seems like at least for me, if it's not obvious already, it's like I value knowing, like Chinese or at least the language. Um, I guess one of the reasons is also because it helps me. I feel like it helps connect me more to the culture. Um, at the end of the day, um, I feel a little bit more connected than perhaps someone that. I mean, if I didn't know the language, I would feel more removed. And I, at the same time, I feel grateful that I did have to go through all that kind of school. And although I didn't learn a whole lot, but you know, being able to actually travel back to Hong Kong,、um, have exchange there, you know, being able to interact with people and to even just you know socially further my language, I think it. Keeps me grounded in my Chinese culture, and I feel like you know, yeah, for sure, I I I hold that highly in terms of the value it brings and the value it connects me to understand the culture again, right? So I can speak with like you know the more elderly individuals who may their English may not be the best, or、uh, to understand things, right? To learn history, to learn culture, and makes it makes the I guess the it breaks down that barrier. To being able to learn more about where I'm from, I feel like so. For me, I feel like value-wise, I think my conversational, you know, first-grade reading, although it's pretty crappy, you know, when judged compared to you know people who are from China, but I value it a lot. Yeah. So, like Asuta, do you regret? Going through the school, or are you grateful that your parents put you through that school and growing up? Um,、uh, in hindsight, definitely grateful. Um, but uh, I don't. Hmm. But when you ask me like the value of knowing the Chinese, I mean it's, it's yeah, it's another betterment for myself, and I guess in certain sense, it's like. You can also get more in tune with, like, people back home, or like, or people that you know who, or at least people that I know from 
Hong Kong, for example, or sometimes even among friends, like if we just wanted to like chat on something completely different, but don't really want to like be known, like what we're saying, we do sometimes switch the language. If you yes. know what I mean. Yes, I I understand. And it's like when you're walking, you'll just start talking in Chinese because you don't want other e- people eavesdropping on what you're trying to yeah. say. Yeah, and I have to say, like, it's not like I don't want to like make it like always、oh, like a Chinese people thing or like and it's an Asian thing. No, it's not. I find that happening to every other like yeah culture. Every other. With the second language, language. yeah, like you, yeah. you can walk by Italians do exactly the same thing, you know, like Filipinos do exactly the same thing, and like French people、yeah. do exactly the same thing. So that sounds grateful that I know another language. Yeah, it could be one of those like, oh look, that girl is so pretty, but you don't want her to know that you're staring at her, you know? <laughs> <Yeah> . But like being able to read and write is definitely a plus too. Like other than speaking, because、um, especially when I go back home.、Um, meanwhile, John is trying to figure out where we're going on the Google Map, and he's looking at all the English signs, and I'm like, it's that way, you know? Because、oh. I've been I've been able to read all those signs, even though I don't know where I'm going or where my directions is. I'm able to、mm-hmm. see, okay, this is the way I need to go, and I, we can get there that much quicker. Um, um, makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Tuna brought up a point where it's like, oh, when we go traveling and stuff, I think it helps a lot too, especially being conversational.、Um, because just like your demeanor when you walk out, say like in Hong Kong, I don't know, like yeah, you're you look Chinese, whatnot, but perhaps maybe the way you walk or the way you dress or even the way you smell, whatever it is, right?、Mm-hmm. When you when you're in Hong Kong, the people that are in Hong Kong know you're not from there. Just you that know, is true. Like、yeah. you don't have to say anything. It just feels like they know you're not. You don't belong to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of sad. But but at the same time, and, try, and then they always try to speak English to you, right? Like、oh, I go yeah, into like yeah, yeah. it's like a lot of times like when I'm in Hong Kong, <laughs> it's like just because like I I know I'm not there. I, maybe I even try my best to like oh buy some like Hong Kong branded stuff. Try to like change <laughs> my hair and like you know get like some sort of like nice specs or something, right? So it's like, oh, I'm trying to fit in. Even then, people like when I walk somewhere, they're like, oh, you're not here. So these direct, like right away, they try speaking English to you. I'm like, can't you see what I'm wearing? Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the size. I don't know. Like, oh,、right? size just, is also a thing. Like, yeah, they just know. But I find it really funny because when they start trying to speak English to you, and they're maybe they're somewhat broken English, and then you're just like, reply in Cantonese. And they're like, well, oh, what? You know, like, you know, Cantonese that makes my job so much easier <laughs> to like say push sales on you or something. I find that very like funny, but it also like you. you I guess you also see,、um, I guess their demeanor change because from like trying to sell you something, they become like, oh my gosh, you actually know something, or perhaps like,、um, like especially like the the street vendors in Hong Kong. Like the aunties that are trying to like push you money and stuff, push push like those faux bags and like faux、yeah. items, right?、And、I have like a specific scenario in my head where I went to visit you when you were on your exchange program in Hong Kong, and you took me to the street vendors, and then you started like bargaining with them, going like, "Yo, I'm willing to pay more, like, get get 平啲啦，靓女." And I'm just like, 
what? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> so basically, to translate, um, he was basically talking to the street vendor, going like, yo, my sister's coming to visit me. Like, just give it to us for cheaper, pretty girl, which is like a typical way you would get on like a, a I would say like a, a middle-aged woman. Yeah. <laughs> like you, all, you try to get on their good, good side, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like completely taken aback because when he left, he was not like super fobby or like Asian or Chinese kind. But then after, I guess it was what, like half a or one full semester that you were in yeah, Hong so Kong? Like, yeah, so like he, four months. Yeah, John's demeanor changed completely. He was like, uh, he felt to me like a true hong kong boy at that time and i was like who are you what did you do to my brother because <laughs> he would start talking to me in cantonese with all these like hong kong slangs that i've never heard of before the one specific one i remember is like which i think means library and you just keep telling me it's like oh like oh you like a or one shoe and i'm just like what the heck's a like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the same time even though like perhaps you you seem that way like you saw me as like oh a true hong konger at that time like people yeah. would still know right off the bat like i didn't i wasn't from hong kong oh. which is like it's it's weird it's like a weird uh interaction that you have um i don't know maybe it's just part of like the exchange kind of uh life to a certain extent like as much as you try to be accepted i mean not well i can't say i'm not accepted there like for sure hong kong people are very accepting very open but they do you know i wanted to i guess be accepted as like a one as like someone from hong kong or like seem like one of them yeah like i'm a chinese person i'm not like a You're not foreigner different right than them kind yeah. of idea so but there's always i feel like there would always be that stigma maybe or at least something where it's like you feel like there's like a wall that you can't cross yeah but that also comes back, I guess, to the whole, like, term of joksing, too. Yeah. Because, like, we have Western Ideals, things, ideology. I, yeah, and, like, maybe even the way we move, the way we act, we have Western culture ingrained in us as well. That, I guess, people in Hong Kong or even China, they probably don't have any sort of western culture influenced on the way they act or the way they talk kind of thing too because like growing up speaking cantonese to my friends um a lot of them who were not as fluent as me would be like wow your chinese is really good or like even their parents if i ever went to their places like their homes their parents would be like wow your chinese is really good but like you said if i was to speak to somebody in hong kong they'd be like you're not from here like, just the way I speak Chinese itself, it's like, I can speak fluently, or in my mind, I can speak fluently, but it's still different from the way they talk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as unfortunate as it is, though, I guess, I don't know, I, I feel like there is this sense that, you know, for sure, we want to be part of the culture. And that I guess that also comes back to this podcast and why we're doing it. Like, yeah, we are bamboo stars or chok sings right and i guess from this discussion so far it seems like we value chinese to very to a high standard right like we're very yeah. i guess wanting to know more 
and what and and at least put it on a pretty high pedestal to a certain extent of like you know it is something that we belong it belongs with us and is part of us as you know as heritage wise culture wise etc yeah for sure like now my question is because we hold it to such a high standard and because perhaps our chinese or mandarin is not up to par would you actually go back to school or seek out to learn more? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't think I would go back to school like in the traditional sense. If I would, if I really wanted to further my Cantonese or Mandarin, <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest with you. I'd probably either throw on Taiwanese dramas or throw on like Hong Kong dramas and just go through a. Sp- blurge of that and there has been times where if i start watching like binging a lot of taiwanese dramas my mandarin definitely increases and like i'll start speaking randomly mandarin to like our aunt that like speaks slightly better mandarin than like i guess mom or dad but then um if i watch like a lot of hong kong dramas or cantonese dramas and like I binge a few of them, I'll start finding myself speaking a lot more Cantonese like around the house. So that is the way I would learn it. I don't think I'd ever go back to school though. I would have to concur on that. And that is speaking from literally going through all those years of school. Um, because I do find that it's easier to like, at least nowadays for our age, now that it's easier to actually pick up a language when you hear it often and you practice it often by speaking it like language is not something you just learn how like by reading something and learning it off a book you really have to put it into practice and hearing it speaking it um so i probably do something similar but like i know that personally like lately i've been also listening to more like Cantonese songs and then like I'm like oh this is a catchy song and all and then like I look up the lyrics and I'm just like oh okay this is what the um this is what the lyrics are and then the the interesting thing is because now I can read majority of the like characters I find that it's interesting like of what the lyrics is also speaking to so there's another level where you're trying to understand what a piece is really saying too kind mm-hmm. of thing um yeah. but um karaokeing is definitely a good um way as well like me and my friend actually got our funny my me and my cbc friend who is more fobby than my other cbc friend got that not Bobby CBC friends Chinese level up to par because we kept going to karaoke's with him back um, in like elementary yeah. high school and then like like that friend's mom was like forever grateful it was hilarious <laughs> like 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 his mom loved like loved like me and my friend for a while yeah I think unfortunately I think it's more of a time thing where I wouldn't actually take courses. I, mm-hmm. Although it's like, it's like, why not? Like, why can't you go ahead and do so? But at the same time, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the education thing is kind of, just seems too daunting. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, I would love to actually go, say, spend, like, and live, I don't know, like, six months, three months, whatever, in, say, Hong Kong, or, like, somewhere that, where I feel like I'm forced to, kind of yeah. in an environment. I think that might be more, I mean, yeah, I'll probably end up more conversationally um, adequate for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think just the environment might force me to be like oh maybe i should read more chinese or something but i don't know like i feel like it's um it's difficult like language is i kind of that's why i kind of wish i i learned a lot more as a kid so i could actually be more proficient it's like maybe my old self can bring it all back to me instead of me having to put in the effort because chinese because of the way chinese is and the no the the characters there's so many and it's so difficult i think there's it's not as easy say like latin like there's no alphabet yeah there's no alphabet system there's no like in japanese there's like uh like a sound system i know in korean there's like a stroke thing where like each stroke denotes a different sound you kind of like combine them all so it becomes a word kind of koreans they call it they call it an alphabet system as well yeah so i feel like it's just the Chinese is so daunting, I feel like. I mean, I don't blame, I guess, the government, Chinese government simplifying it and trying to <laughs> make it for the masses, right? Yeah. Um, but, man, I, I feel it's so difficult. But, you know, I encourage anybody else that's a listener to actually go ahead if they actually want to take Chinese or learn it. Like, 100% go for it. Like, do something that I can't do. <laughs> I, I don't... And... I guess I should say more of that. Uh, I don't think like Chinese. It's not that Chinese doesn't have like a system per se. There is. It's just it's a completely different system in terms of like writing a particular character than say like um, an alphabet system. Because like the original, like how the language or at least the written language developed, it is based off of pictures like the yeah, very pictograph they, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. It, like in ancient 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 times they were more like pictographs and then it slowly evolved into what it is today yeah right? i mean yeah if you see a complex I, I know in chinese when you see a complex say a tr- complex traditional character you can probably break it down to different things yeah yeah you, there is a way to like break it down to understand what it possibly is related to what it may mean kind of thing yeah and then it might sound similar to another word with that same idea but i feel like that's kind of like it's you, ha- you have a much deeper level. Yeah, you have to have a certain proficiency already yeah. in order to get to that point where you can start deciphering. Oh, perhaps this is what it is, or how it sounds, or something. And there's a whole disconnect I feel like between the way words sound versus the way it things looks. look. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. I mean, look look at the Christmas example I was giving you, man. It looks nothing like. Oh uh, yeah, Christmas is Monster Day. It's no, it's not even just Monster Day. Like if you put it together, it looks like Monster Birth. <laughs> monster Oh no. Worse. Oh no. <laughs> the birth of a monster. Well oh, then. No. But like but like again, that's why it's All right. like Well, I think we're pretty good. Let's nice stop disconnect. let's stop it at Monster Birth and not go it's any not further. Not Monster Birth. Okay. Let's uh Well, <laughs> well, it's been it's been a good hour, almost an hour I say. Um and I think it's a, it's a pretty good place to at least put this conversation on pause. Where, where do you guys like? Where do you guys think? 
I do have one interesting question. Okay. Last question. Let's do it. So you guys predominantly learned Chinese at home and then English at school. Did you ever at some point used to think in one language versus another? Like and you like when you're just normally thinking when you bring in your train of thoughts and if you did went from one language to the other, when did that happen or approximately when did that happen? I think I think I think in Chinese when I watch a lot more TVB dramas <laughs> and and am engrossed in that environment. So especially like when Angelina brought in the idea that like oh when I was an exchange etc. Like I brought in that like oh that Hong Kong vibe or whatever. I'm pretty sure I thought a lot more in Cantonese at that point in time, but so that's like your inner voice, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, for right? sure, for sure. I, okay. I try to like, I guess I try to internalize it, and I try to be like one of them. <laughs> um, but I, I think over the years, like once I, in like conversationally in my life, if it's more environmentally, if it's more English, then for sure I listen more English, unless I have to. Unless I feel like I need to stay connected to the culture, like then I would maybe consciously start thinking in Chinese. I feel like that's one of it's it's very environmental based for me. Um, Or if like if I spent like say like like a family dinner speaking Cantonese the whole time, then I might actually like leave start thinking in Cantonese a little bit more. Um, Interesting. But yeah, environment. I guess for me, it's it's environment based Um, and for sure duration. So like okay. yeah, one 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 family dinner isn't gonna make me think in Cantonese for the like the next five, week or something. It'll just be made for like the, the, next half hour, the rest of the night. Next, yeah, rest of the night, a couple hours or something like that. Okay. But no, nothing too crazy. Okay. Um, so that yeah, that's for me. What about you, Angelina? Um, for me, I think I predominantly think in English. There's one exception, and that's when numbers come into play, or if I have to do math, because as a kid learning multiplication at home before the school taught it, we had to learn to like recite the multiplication table in Chinese. And there's like that's sayings true. in it. Sure. Yeah, that's true. And that's so true. every time I have to do math, it's like all in Chinese in my head. Yeah, it's almost but like then a rhyme, think, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's like a rhyme where we did it. So it's kind of like, oh, we remember it. Yeah, I do. I do that sometimes as, as well. It goes up to like probably 12s 12, 12 oh, by 12 i didn't get that far no, i think i, got, I, I stopped like the nines right? <laughs> it's always at the nines they call it the gaoyang go literally nine by nine. Oh, well, yeah i don't know like i meaning of it but like i learned I, it the same way too yeah i've only noticed that like predominantly thinking math or numbers is in chinese in my head and then i guess i'm kind of like environmentally affected as well because i do remember there was a point in time where i was watching a korean drama and in my head all i could think of was like random korean phrases like specifically one of them was like what should i do and i think it's called like otokaje otokaji and like literally i just had that running in my head all the time because i'm always confused so i think i am probably also environmentally influenced because i don't know why i would think in korean any other way than watching a korean drama <laughs> interesting okay yeah well how about you what do you what do you uh, think okay uh into the mind of the tuna before like uh when i was a lot younger i would definitely used to 
think in Cantonese in my head. And then, like, gradually, it, like, even if I'm speaking English, I'm still thinking Chinese in my head. And then I will, like, my brain will just translate that into English and I would just do whatever that I'm thinking. <laughs> but then I can't really say at what point. I would have to say most likely by high school, for sure. Like, my internal voice switched to English pretty much, like, for the rest of my life of sort but like like of course like i can just think in chinese when i want to or need to still but like if i'm just like thinking in my head like as a more like a reaction or a response it's predominantly like my quote unquote my voice is english nowadays um mm. but yeah definitely environment could play a factor though I haven't really paid too much attention to the environment per se but I would definitely say that my brain is capable of just switching like even if I'm thinking in English I can just say whatever I want in Cantonese and vice versa still mm, that's good yeah but I definitely have a lot of Chinglish going on in my head too well I mean like whatever makes sense in your head right like yeah. It just doesn't come out right, usually. <laughs> well, while we take these thoughts back into our head and to think about how better to produce this podcast for our listeners, <laughs> <laughs> this has been the BS Podcast, and I am not Big Panda. Not, no, I'm not Big Panda. I am I John. <laughs> I am John. <laughs> And uh, I am very happy and thankful for all you listeners. Um, and also, once again, thankful for my co-hosts here. Uh, we have... Asunta! Angelina. And we are grateful for all you listeners out there. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we have a Twitter. We have Instagram. Uh, let us know. Um, I mean, for me, I'm most curious about, you know... Um, do you guys speak an additional language, pretty much? I, I, I'm curious and always love to connect uh, about that and culture-wise. Any last words from you guys? Or you two? Well, thank right. you oh, for listening. Practice your Chinese for Chinese New Year. That is always important. Ooh, good one. <laughs> maybe we'll have another... Well, maybe we'll have an episode on that and Chinese New Year and preparations for that. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. learn those phrases. Even if you don't know Chinese, learn those phrases. Even uh, if you don't know what they mean, you need to learn those Chinese phrases for Chinese oh yeah. New Year. That's, that's how you rake in that, uh, that uh, dough. The, yeah. That dough. A little, a, a little additional <laughs> income, per se. If you know the meaning behind the sayings, even better. Alrighty. Well, thank you once again, um, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bamboo, Pod, Bamboo Star Podcast, out. The Bamboo Star Podcast is an independent production in hopes of documenting our thoughts and experiences as Chinese individuals growing up in a Western culture. This podcast is co-hosted by Angelina, Asunta, and myself, Jonathan Hahn, with editing done by Arena Chung. We thank you, the listener, for lending us your ears for this episode. We would love to hear your thoughts and views on this topic as well. Feel free to connect with us and the community on Twitter and Instagram at BambooStarPod. Alternatively, 
Any lengthier replies or comments can be sent to us at bamboostarpodcast at gmail.com.